You're listening to the Big Shiny Podcast. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. The Big Shiny Robot Podcast is brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery. This is Nick. This is Lucas. This is John. This is Tom. This is Tyson. And you're listening to the Big Shiny Podcast. So, uh, this is the part where we fade up from the music and there's usually a bunch of dudes laughing, but there's only two <laughs> dudes today. Thomas, <laughs> oh, oh. fill my day with wonder. Oh my goodness. You are a mysterious and wonderful man. <laughs> I don't fucking know. So, welcome to the Big Shiny Podcast. I don't know what episode number this is, um, but it is the holiday season. Therefore, people are dealing with personal stuff, running around. I think Tyson, I think he like took a train with a homeless person to New York to pick up ghost producer Rebecca's furniture that she stole from Ikea or something. John, John is doing John stuff. Anyway, Nick... Nick is setting the world on fire. Anyway, the Big Shiny Podcast folk, aside from me, are all insanely busy right now. And so we've got a special episode for you. So let me introduce you guys, first of all. So you guys know me. I'm Tom. Um, and joining me as a special guest today is uh, my boy, Scott. Coming off the bench. You're ready for his <laughs> shot. <laughs> yeah, was, it's crazy. He showed up on my front porch in a football jersey and was like, put me in, coach. Yeah. I didn't too, have the heart. Way too many, way too many shots to the head. Mm-hmm. His hair, pink tutu. Yep. Yeah. It's right where my head went. (laughs) (laughs) So, if you don't know um, who Scott is and you're listening to this Big Shiny podcast, he does another podcast with me called Coffee All Delete, where we generally just talk about fighting games and whatever else is on our mind at the time, Mm -hmm. which is usually something going on on Netflix or movies or us being really angry at like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. You're (sighs) taking credit for that, so I, so I. It's all me. I'm the it's guy a, that hates the rock. It's <laughs> fair, like with an undying passion. Yeah. <laughs> like it's unreasonable at this point. Like I even I don't really get why I hate him so much, but but yeah, I do. Y- you know what movie I actually really want to see that's it's got the rock in it? You're gonna say the rampage and you're wrong. I am. I am gonna say rampage. I wanna see it real bad. Oh my god. Yeah. It's gonna be so awful. It's Every every single time I, I come back to like name one good movie with the rock in it. People are always like Fast and the Furious. And I'm like, we're done here. We're done. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> He's in Fast and the Furious, like thirteen. Which one is he in? Uh I believe it's seven through twelve. Mm, mm. Yeah, now he's getting his own spin-off. I don't know, man. I hate the fact that I have to pay attention to the rock at all. So you say you don't like smelling what he's cooking? <clears throat> Moving on. <laughs> moving so we figured what we do since you're getting this special holiday edition of the big shiny podcast is we would talk about punisher um and depending on how much we ramble about that we may spend a little bit of time talking about you know if you're gonna go watch the capcom pro tour for the first time what you need to know but i'm guessing we're gonna fill the time with punisher sounds like a plan so let's jump right in so punisher came out what like eight nine days ago um yeah, it's still pretty on Netflix. Fresh. Um, so, warning right now: this is a spoilery one. I'm not going to hold anything back, um, unless you feel otherwise, Scott. But no, hell no. Let's talk about it. Let's go. But Eight I days assume if you're listening, time is like three years everywhere else. Yeah, like yeah, like an eight day and an eight day old Netflix employee is like 150 years old at this point. So. <laughs> 
so let's go. Um, so let's just start like gut reaction. Day one, what'd you think? My immediate reaction was like, this is not a superhero show. That was the first thing I, I thought. Because for people that don't know, it was coming off Daredevil season two, where they introduced the character mm-hmm. uh, to that kind of Netflix Marvel universe, which is in the same universe, but obviously very different as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but they introduced him in season two there. And I thought he was amazing. I thought John Bernthal was so good as the Punisher. I was like, wow, this is actually really good. He might be my favorite thing about season two of Daredevil, which is kind of the best season of the Netflix Marvel stuff, right? And I would I would venture to say that his monologue in Daredevil season two that he gives on the rooftop yeah. is borderline as good as the Rambo monologue from Rambo one. Okay. Um, and that's one of my top 20 favorite monologues that i've seen like i that ramble monologue like hits me yeah. i thought that that monologue he gives is just beautiful in daredevil too so. so there's there's a couple of them too well that that one specifically is ripped even the dialogue is ripped almost word for word from the comic books mm. like almost word for word like you can find that exact i can't remember what series it was i'm a little bit rusty on my daredevil but uh yeah they took it directly from like the daredevil punisher comic book and it's the exact same like setting. A lot of the the dialogue is word for word the same. Like, so really cool that they did that. He did it so well. You're 100 percent right. <clears throat> My favorite monologue is when he's talking to the girl in the diner, who's like trying to figure out why he wants to murder everybody. Like, just thinks he's a psychopath, and is like going through her own little life problems with Daredevil and her having relationship problems. And he just starts right. talking about like, let me tell you something. Like about relationships, like you think you're so it's so hard and it's so complicated. Essentially, he just cuts her off and is like, "Everyone could die. <laughs> like, get over it." <laughs> yep. Everyone I love is dead. So yeah, you're you. It must be really hard what you're going through. That's terrible. Like that was that was with a uh, Karen Page, right? That yeah, that's okay. correct. Yeah, Deborah Ann Waltz, the actress, and she's really good too. Uh, yeah, she comes back for Punisher. And not to get too sidelined, but I actually really like the way she portrays Karen Page. And I, I'll be the first to say that like my Daredevil slash Punisher knowledge is not super high. Um, mm-hmm. I've read a few Punisher runs. I was reading the Becky Cloonan run pretty recently until I kind of just dropped off buying comics. Right. But the way they have her in every series she's in, the way she's attracted to like broken people, I love. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, and they thank God. I mean, because here, here's the problem with comics is after so many writers and so many cooks in the kitchen and so many right. years, stories and characters get so watered down and go through so much like weird shit. It just essentially just doesn't make sense. And her character in the comics is no exception. Like they've done some really weird, weird things in the story with that character. Um, but mm-hmm. no, she's great in the show. She's a great actress. Like, but yeah, like you said, don't want to get too distracted, but the uh, John Bernthal just, kills it like yep. whatever whatever problems the show may have had or if it did have that guy makes up for a lot of it just by how good he is as mm-hmm. the publisher i would totally agree and i even really like i like the overall arc of the of the setup right like originally he's just trying to figure out who do i need to kill and he's not even if I it's it's crazy like how forgettable some things are, but like I feel like I forget stuff really fast. But oh, sure. I feel like it like the first few episodes in the movie, he doesn't even really have like a reason to be doing what he's doing. You're just seeing him like dealing with his PTSD, 
trying to sort his shit out, swinging that hammer, which I love. Um, you talk about the, the Punisher TV show when you first see him there, you're trying to figure out what he's doing or. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the yeah. first couple episodes of the Netflix series, right? He's just, he's just dealing with being himself and he's, he's basically wrapping up what he was doing in daredevil which is wiping out the cartels in hell's kitchen like he's yep. finishing up business with some of the gang leaders there and you get to see him in a very punisher-esque montage mm-hmm. taking care of some bad guys and then he yep. just kind of hangs it up he's just kind of like all right did what i wanted guess i just go back to living now yeah and i think i think for me another thing that i really really liked about the punisher show was I like the way they ended it. Um, so here's where we get, for me, heavy spoilery, and we can get in more depth in the show too, but I really like, I like that when it was all said and done and he gets his life back sort of or whatever, right? Like he's a freeish man on the run or at large or whatever they did. Yeah. And he goes and he sits down and he goes to treatment to start working his stuff out and talking through his problems and going to group. I thought that was, they could leave it and they could never do another Punisher series and I think I'd be content. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's definitely a good way to end Punisher, like, if they don't do another season, or if he's not in any other season. If you leave the character there, yeah, that's a good place. I wouldn't have any mm-hmm. problem with that. Like, to me, it just kind of came full circle. Like, I don't know. It's really hard. I don't have a military perspective. I come from a military family, but nobody, I I mean, close friends that have dealt with PTSD coming back from Iraq, but, like, I would love to hear what their perspective of watching that show would be. I imagine it's got to be pretty tough because it gets yeah. pretty. It's almost too real. Dark. Yeah. 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 In a lot of ways, you're kind of right. Like I kind of felt awkward watching some parts of it, especially like with, oh gosh, I can't even remember his name. Uh, uh, the, Lewis. The character. Yeah. With Lewis. Like, mm-hmm. oh man, I was like, God damn. Is that like really what some people go through? Cause that's fucking terrible. Like, yeah, and, and I think I think for me, seeing Lewis, because his arc was actually one of, I don't want to say my favorite arcs, because it made me like depressed and sad and not happy. But most but, interested. Yeah, he was just, I mean, the set of circumstances that he falls through are not exactly hard, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he comes back after, you know, being a good soldier, which is, oh, that poem, that thing he sang at the end when he dies is yeah. incredible. And like, he gets essentially shit on by the system. Right. Mm -hmm. And then he just takes matters into his own hands because that's what he's supposed to do. And he's desperate. And I just I loved the way they portrayed him. It it was heartbreaking. I thought I thought at first they were setting him up to be like some major villain, maybe. Right. Like that's the origin story for some crazy comic book villain. Yeah. And, And then really, though, he just became I mean, he was the he was the mirror of the Punisher, right? Like the Punisher could very well have become him any any second. In a lot of ways, the Punisher was him. <clears throat> Absolutely. Like, exact same thought process of I've come home. I don't know what to do with myself and I don't like the world I'm in. How do I fix it? How do I change it? How do I make this world more what I am used to or what I'm familiar with or what I know to be true? Yep. And it was really, really painful to watch. It was mm-hmm. tough. Uh, even when he does do the quote unquote wrong thing, you're still kind of rooting for him. Like, I don't yeah. know. It was <clears throat> it was super tough. It was super tough to watch. Really well done though. Like like I said, it wasn't a superhero show. Like to me, if yep. you would have called that, you could have called that show like it, it could have been any other kind of like government spy soldier drama and it would have been mm-hmm. fine not calling it the Punisher and it would have been really good. So mm-hmm. 
kudos to them and to Marvel for being able to do that with a character and like letting a character have that kind of authenticity and realism and darkness. And, and I think too, I think they did a really smart play by not putting too many people from the Marvel universe in his show. Yeah. You know, he wasn't interacting with daredevil. He wasn't interacting with cap and I know they wouldn't put cap in a Netflix series, but I think for me, that's when Punisher loses a lot of his mystique is the right, I don't mystique's the right word, but a lot of his power as a character Mm. Because then he's go, like, or even like when he's, but then he's dealing with these people with superpowers and, and supernatural abilities, and he's kind of like a really fucked up Batman. Like his superpower is that he's re- that he's just really good at killing people. <laughs> like, he just refuses to die. That's yeah. his superpower. Like his superpower is he just yeah exactly. And so I think, I think that was a really smart play by keeping those interactions minimal. Because again, by siloing the show and siloing the Punisher, I feel like it almost made me feel his loneliness more. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying about the the not putting him in there with like Daredevil and stuff. Daredevil to me is like one of the acceptable cases because Daredevil's not really that super of a hero. Correct. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Like that's why it kind of fits together. Daredevil's more of a a Batmany type hero than anything. Um, but yeah, you're right. Punisher's whole thing is that he's your everyday person that you probably know. Like you probably yeah. know a guy who's got combat training or military experience or whatever or even sometimes help i mean god i get i get people walking in front of me i hold the door open for people and they don't say thank you and i contemplate murder so like (laughs) like i totally get like wanting at times to like change the world that you're in in maybe really drastic or violent ways yeah and that was one of the great things about him in Daredevil was the fact that he tells Daredevil, you know, you're one bad day away from becoming me. Yep. Like, that's such a good uh, line. <laughs> one bad day. You're one bad day away from becoming me. Oh, it's so good. Um, you know, that also reminds me when you talk about, you know, he, you know, he, they gave him that kind of like somebody, you know, moment when he's talking to Micro's daughter and she's like, so you're Frank, huh? Not Pete. And he's like, yeah. And she goes, Frank's a lot scarier than Pete. And he's like, yeah. I guess she is, kid. And it's like, like, oh man, uh, that uh, whole that whole thing. Watching him, John Bernthal, interact with like any normal person in that show is really kind of a treat. Like, yeah, <laughs> like right? he he does it so well. Where like you feel that awkwardness, but also at the same time, you're like, God, he's so badass. Like everything he does is like angry, cool. Mm-hmm. like he's so good at playing like the loner angry guy like every time you think like oh okay he's gonna break a little bit and you're gonna see punisher like making a friend it's like no no he's not he's still a punisher like he still hates everything and himself way too much like mm-hmm. uh yeah i would you want them to do a season two I don't. I don't know that I would. That's the. I've been rap, wrestling with that question for probably like ten days. I mean, since my wife and I finished it, and I don't. I don't know that I do. I almost. I feel like it would almost feel forced because they would have to like do something totally fucked up to bring him out of retirement. Um, mm. It makes me think back to there was a comic series I read, and essentially the Punisher had been in retirement or faked his death or something, and I can't remember if it was Punisher Max or what it was, but right. basically, to a bunch of mafia guys get drunk and like pee on his grave or pee on his wife and kid's grave. Oh, and so he gets pissed and then the Punisher comes back and just starts murdering everybody again. Right. And while like, that's very Punisher esque, I just don't know that it would feel as powerful if they did something like that. So I, 
I'm open to the idea of a season two. I just, I can't think of how they would top this season. And I can't think of how they would bring the Punisher back in a meaningful way. I mean, that's the cool thing about having characters like Karen Page, though. I mean, anything Mm -hmm. happens to her and all of a sudden you've got Daredevil, you've got Punisher, you've got, I mean, you got anything happening to uh, Rosario Dawson's character and you got all those characters coming back. Like those are the, the True. most important characters as far as bringing that stuff all together. And they and could. Would, I mean, if something happens to Karen, you know he's coming back. Yeah, and you know, it, it would be interesting to see, like, the one bad day Daredevil. Like, the Punisher and Daredevil are hunting down whoever hurt Karen together, and the Daredevil's getting pushed to that one bad day, right? That yeah, could be interesting. That was one of the cool things. You kind of saw that at the end of Daredevil 2, where he's like, He's like, all right. Daredevil's like, all right, maybe just this one time we have to kill this guy. Like, there's no <laughs> justice for this guy. And Punisher's one's like, what? No, you can't do that. I can do that. You can't do that. Like, that was one of the coolest things, too. It was like Punisher finally was like, you know, do things your way. Let me be the, the murder guy. And maybe there is a place for doing things your way. But don't yeah. don't become me. They don't did kind of... They did kind of give Frank Castle in this that fucked up like pariah thing too, right? Where he's like, he's the only one that can take on these scenes. Like he has a little bit of a Jesus mentality in that sense, which I found really interesting. Like he's the one that has to commit these sins because he's already a monster type type uh, thing. Yeah, I think that was more on himself though. It wasn't anybody else was saying that. Everybody else was pretty oh, much no. to a T was like, hey, maybe don't kill everybody. And he was like, <laughs> no definitely gonna kill everybody like that was the cool thing i liked about him was he was just like he accepted like i don't oh god like i spoiler for sure but like when his wife's calling out to him when he's about to die again Mm, mm. and he's like he's like not yet like i ain't ready to go just yet i was like oh he finally like that's all you kept thinking like the whole show was like man he wants to die right like that's the whole reason he's doing this he wants to die he wants to be reunited with his family they do a really good way of showing him with that choice, like basically yeah. choosing to live and choosing, nah, I'm going to, this whole murder thing's working out pretty well. I'm going to see where this goes for a little bit. <laughs> Turns out I'm real good at this murder stuff. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good at the whole. Ah, uh, yeah. But yeah, John, Bur- like I, I would actually, I would like to see them do it again. Cause I think more by far the most political, of all of well, no, I shouldn't say that. Luke Cage was really political too, but it was. Um, it's a really valid message that they're kind of sending in the show, and yeah. whole you know former soldiers and treatment when you get home and taking mm-hmm. care of veterans rather than <clears throat> lip service of I uh, support the troops, like actual needing to take care of people that have come back from like such a fucking hellscape like yeah right i i love that that's the message that they're going with that that's what the show is really portraying like yep and they do it so well like they do it so well so i'm i would like to see them do that again <clears throat> and who knows have him like in a roundabout way i don't know i don't know how you would do it i'm sure they would find a way because they're talented at this stuff but like having him working with troops kind of how he was at the end. Like I would love to see that be the thing that keeps him alive or the thing that keeps him going is like working towards that. Right. Right. To see Pete Castiglione, like reaching out like his friend was, I can't remember his buddy's name. Um, 
Yeah. The, the guy with the wooden leg, the peg leg. Uh, the really cool, like, super actual hero of the show. Like, right. Like, the guy that doesn't get enough credit because he was incredibly awesome. Right, yeah. Did everything for everybody. Yep. Literally everybody <laughs> in that show was, like, relying on him. Yep. Uh, yeah, let me look that up. I cannot remember his name, but he, I loved him. I, yeah, I think, you know, seeing him helping Frank and Frank taking on that mantle would be really, really cool as well. I think you had a point there. Like, have that be what he's doing, like, for a life for himself until stuff gets bad. Because they already said Kingpin's coming back mm-hmm. for Daredevil Season 3. He's got unfinished business with Kingpin. Like, in the jail, he said, next time I come, I'm, I'm coming to kill you. Like, we're not yeah. done. It's a fair point. I didn't think about that. So, I would love to see... Especially because Vincent D'Onofrio is the best villain Marvel's ever oh, made. Man. He was so good. So good. Yeah, by far their best villain that they've ever had. So I would I would love to see him come back. Have that be... Because Punisher in the comic books is literally like a guy living in a van killing bad guys, right? Like, that's essentially what he is. <clears throat> I would love to see him have, like, a real life still in the outskirts. Still not really in the middle of society. Just working with former troops. Former soldiers. Yep. And still, every once in a while, when things get real bad, you know, pulling out, pulling out the old duffel bag of firearms and going to town on people like that. Yep. That it appeals to everybody on some really sick sense, which is what that character's meant to do. Right. Like it's meant to be like, see, you're rooting for this guy. You know what he's doing is wrong, but you're rooting for him. Right. But he's getting justice, so that's a thing. <laughs> It might not be, you know, legal justice, but it's justice. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I couldn't imagine anybody but John Bernthal being the character anymore either. Yeah. How did you feel about, um, uh, what is her name? She gets shot in the face near the end. She's like the the Homeland agent that replaces Wolf. Um, oh, yeah, Madavi. Madani, yeah, Madani. Madani. How, how'd you feel about Madani's character? I thought she was interesting. I liked but. I liked Madani a lot, actually. Like somebody has to be the straight guy, or I mean straight woman mm. to to Frank's vigilante justice. You have the person that's actual, you know, representative of justice and doing the right thing. So I liked her. I feel like you have something that maybe you want to say as a counterpoint to that, which I'm interested to hear. Um, but I liked her. She was a real person. She hooked us up with the bad guy, which, I mean, we've all done that, right? We've all right. hooked up with the bad guy once or twice. Um, if I had a dollar for every secret agent turned evil empire-owning mercenary force guy I banged. I'll do, you, I'll do you one better. If I had a dollar for every crazy, psychotic person i've hooked up with mm. Mm. many a dollar um all the dollars and i think no my actually i don't have a counterpoint i thought it was interesting that like a lot of the characters in the show to me felt like just like the daredevil they were one step away from being the punisher like madani mm. maybe had her legal justice systems right but at the same time when she found out there was a mole in her office like in a uh, microphone in her office she still broke like 40 different guidelines to kill the yeah. to take care of it and like to, to you know to stop her vengeance and she was still locked on her vengeance quest she was just playing by a different set of rules like everybody in that show was driven by an ulterior motive of some kind of vengeance and i thought that was really interesting even that is really interesting. um what is his name is it billy yeah 
Um, Billy the Butte. Billy the Butte. Yeah. So Billy, he, you know, I mean, his whole thing was to prove to his mom that he wasn't a failure, right? I mean, he even mm-hmm. kept her fucking drugged in a hospital bed somewhere. And like, his whole thing was motivated on that of proving her wrong through vengeance, I feel like. And the Punisher was driven by vengeance. Micro was driven by vengeance. Madani mm-hmm. was driven. So I feel like everybody in the show that like pushed the main story along in a significant way was driven by a form of vengeance. And we just saw them dealing with it in different, like with different amounts of ethics, right? Like Madani was bound more because she worked for Homeland, which apparently is the only ethical law enforcement agency in the Punisher universe. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, right? Like according to that show, Homeland is the only one that's not fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, Everybody's got moles and villains. Just moles, moles up and everything. Um, So I just thought that was kind of interesting, and I like that. And, I mean, eventually she turns from her vengeance being to whoever killed her partner to killing Billy, right? To stopping Billy for what he did to her partner. I, I just right. found that interesting. Yeah, I thought, by the way, that guy deserves a lot of credit, too. He was Person great. Played Billy was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll tell you what, like, the the toughest scene for not – maybe not in the whole show, but one of the toughest was when he has the flashback to Billy with his kids mm. at the state fair. Ugh. That was like the weirdest, like most holy shit, you son of a bitch moment I've had watching that show where I was like, God damn, like that felt super real. Like I've been that guy hanging out with my friend's kids. You know what I mean? I was like, God damn. Yep. Maybe I'm going to end up betraying everybody. Like I don't, don't, any, uh, any, I don't know. Any, was, you know, just on me too. I just Googled Billy the Butte to figure out what the name of the actor was. And it just hit me that they pretty much turn him into Jigsaw at the end of the show. Oh, 100% they turn him into Jigsaw. I, I didn't catch that until I just read Jigsaw and went, oh my god, they did. They. Oh, really? You didn't catch that? Like I said, my, my Punisher knowledge is not as good as it should be, even though I really think he's a cool character. Yeah, no, mine either, but Jigsaw is like the one the one Punisher villain that I'm like super familiar with. And when he's grinding his face on the mirror, yeah. I was like, okay, that's definitely... Oh, one, I'm going to throw up. And two, that's definitely going to be Jigsaw. Yeah, that's definitely going to give him a reason to come fight, come back hunting for the Punisher, right? Yeah, so definitely at least putting the seeds in there. Well, I mean, they left him in a, like basically a permanent coma if they didn't ever do the show yeah. again. But if they do, they've definitely got, oh, I'd love to see Punisher come back for Daredevil and fight, you know, against Kingpin and Vincent D'Onofrio and then do a Punisher season through with Jigsaw. Just make it mono mono in the streets of New York. <laughs> like, just going stealth espionage spy versus spy. Oh, right. my God, that'd be so oh sick. Oh, my God, he is Logan from Westworld. That's who Billy Russo is. I haven't seen Westworld oh, yet. Oh, my I'm man, you're person. missing out. It's so good. It's, maybe that's what I'll do. It's really, that's that. Maybe that'll be the next thing I do is watch Westworld. It's really great. I mean, if you wanted to come sit with me and drink beer and watch it, I'd watch it again with you. It's so good. <laughs> I'm a I'm a fall asleep watching TV guy. Like the only time I'm able to watch a movie or anything is like as I'm going to bed, mm. like the night before work. You know what I mean? Yep, totally get you. That's the way I do things, which is definitely how I did all of all of Punisher. Now that we're talking about it, I really want a second season. Yep. Now, like, there's definitely a lot of things. Spy versus spy with Punisher sounds amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And like Jigsaw could come back and just start fucking shit up. And then 
the only reason Frank comes out of retirement is he's got to deal with this. And we get like old, angry Frank, maybe, I mean, not old, but older, angrier Frank, kind of like old, angry Batman. Sure. And Billy does know Karen Page. He met her when the whole mm-hmm. Frank attacked the senator guy. Yep. Or allegedly attacked the senator. Allegedly. But, um, yeah. Allegedly. Uh, but yeah, God damn. Okay. Definitely want another season, yep. though. But you're you are right. If they if this season for some reason whatever just tanked and did terrible in viewership and they just didn't want to do it again, they definitely left it at a good place with mm-hmm. Punisher asking for help, basically. Like yeah. something you've never seen throughout his entire existence. And like, hey man, if the Punisher's asking for help, maybe you shouldn't be ashamed to ask for help either. Like, <laughs> right. You know. So kind of a cool thing they did at the end there. All overall, I give it a solid eight point two nine out of ten. All right. That's fair. I can I can back that. Where do you think, in your opinion, where do you think it falls in like the Marvel universe on Netflix as far as like favorite shows or how how you rank it? I I put Daredevil season one and season two as my favorites so far. I would put it right there with Luke Cage, like tied with Luke Cage kind of as the third. Okay. And then I think you can do Jessica Jones. You could really do Jessica Jones in there too. God. They're all really close. Yeah, Jessica Jones I thought was phenomenal. So, And then Defenders right into that, and then Iron Fist a few notches below. Yeah, them. I mean you could – Iron Fist is, passive, is um, ignorable. Yes. You could skip it and not miss anything. Which is a bummer. Because I love me some Iron Fist. Yeah. But god damn it, you can't do a show and then have people show up on the day of and be like, here's how we're going to choreograph. <laughs> right. Here's how to kung fu. You have 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. And action. Like, you can't, you can't do that. So hopefully season two, it did get renewed for season two. So hopefully they'll redeem that character and actually. Because I like the actor. <laughs> I don't know. I would love to see Defenders season two with Punisher as one of the Defenders. That would be interesting. I would love that. I would love to see a Spider-Man cameo since they're all all up in New York. I don't know how you do Spider-Man and Punisher together. <laughs> I mean, they did it. I would love to. Was see it, it Secret Avengers? They did that. Uh, like, what? Those- I just yeah. I remember seeing a comic issue with like Spider-Man talking to like Frank Castle in the sewers because Spider-Man's like, I really need your help to deal with this nonsense. And Captain America... Oh, that was Civil War. Was that Civil War? Yeah, and Cap's like, nah, man, he's fucking crazy. He's not coming. <laughs> like, no. Yeah, Punisher, Punisher basically saves Spider-Man when he betrays... That's right. Uh, Tony Stark, he's got the Iron Spider suit, and he's like, nah, I'm not doing this anymore. Everyone turns on Spider-Man, Spider-Man retreats. That's right. Punisher's in the sewer waiting for him, because apparently Punisher <laughs> just hangs out With guns sewer. waiting to kill people. Yeah, that's... God damn... <laughs> Get help, Frank. Good God. But uh, yeah, so apparently that is, yeah, they've, they've interacted before. I think he was even in like Saturday morning, like Spider-Man cartoon before. But I'm talking about like the cinematic universe. They really don't mesh well together Agreed. at all. But I'd still love to see Well, it. especially with the current like Spider-Man stuff going on. Like, could you imagine that Spider-Man trying to like even understand the mental positioning of Punisher? He's like a 16 year old no. kid. <laughs> Yeah, no, sixteen-year-old British. Kid. Uh, That's ours. Uh, 
it's not a good it's just the idea of like a 16 year old kid trying to wrap his head around like frank castle and like the amount of shit inside that dude's head it just doesn't like my brain just kind of like melted trying to figure that one out yeah spider-man would need some therapy sessions Mm -hmm. after that one hangout with frank he'd be like all right i'm hanging up the suit i don't want to do this anymore i'm gonna go paint finger paint and aunt may's until i'm 40 uh forget forget becoming a scientist i'm done i'm done yeah life has no meaning i question everything <laughs> so <laughs> make, that make, the, make emo spider-man a thing um yeah. so that puts us about half an hour i think that's a good amount of time so i hope you guys have enjoyed the uh deviance deviance the deviation from the standard big shiny robot podcast episodes um scott thank you man for filling in i really appreciate it Oh, anytime. My pleasure. Um, if our listeners want to find him, you can find Scott on Twitter. Uh, Lancer801. And also, what was your – What was give Give me a rating. Scale of 1 to 10 something. Oh, you never I think – Oh, for Punisher. Um, yes. I would say I'd fall between 8 and 9. Um, if yeah. I had to rank it, I think I liked it more than Daredevil Season 2. Mm, um, okay. But less than Luke Cage, but arguably for me, Luke Cage might be my favorite one so far. I okay. really dug Luke Cage, so I don't blame you. Maybe probably the best soundtrack. Oh my by god! Far of any of the Marvel yep. shows. So like in sure. the only the only soundtrack moment I thought that was better was I can't remember is Protect Your Neck was that in Luke Cage or was that in The Defenders? Defenders. Yeah, that moment with Protect was, Your Neck from Wu Tang was pretty fucking great. <laughs> that oh. was, the single best moment, but every other part of that show, like soundtrack wise, is pretty forgettable. Yep. And so. I'm a big monologue guy, and I think Luke Cage probably still has some of the best like monologues. So, sure. Um, you guys know where to find me on Twitter. Scott, thank you again. I assume the Big Shiny Robot podcast will be back to its normal speed next week. And uh, bye, everybody. This episode has been brought to you by the Bohemian Brewery, located at 94 East, Fort Union Boulevard in Midvale, Utah. Please make sure to like and rate us on iTunes. Be sure to check out our friends through being cool. Catch you guys next week.